Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. We're continuing our series, which is called Made New, A Fresh Start with Jesus. And we talked last week about prayer and, and how important prayer was. And if you didn't see that, you can see it online. You can, uh, if you want to get what, what's talking about here, I tend to kind of expand a little bit more. Uh, my jokes are funnier on Sunday than they are on Wednesday. Uh, you can go online and hear that. That's, that's the, uh, the, the podcast that we talked about earlier. That's the, that's the Sunday morning version. So we talked about prayer. Uh, this week, as we move forward, we're going to be diving into something. It's a core practice of Jesus. Jesus had these core practices that he taught to his disciples and that he lived out. Of course, prayer we talked about. But another big one is fasting. Is the prayer is that is is that that spiritual discipline of fasting, and it's one that we, we don't talk a lot about. Because how many love to eat like me? You're like, man, I'm a foodie. I got I, I got so many cookbooks. Some of them are in the attic in boxes because I don't have room on the shelf for all of them. We love doing that. But fasting was a regular part of Jesus' walk, and it was the way that he taught his disciples. So, so this morning as we go through, I just want to dive right into it. First of all, let's talk about what fasting is, okay? What fasting is, and I'm going to remove this monitor before we need to talk about what healing is as well. So we'll put this back here, okay? So what is fasting? Fasting, biblically, is going without food. I know that may be a shocker to a lot of you because a lot of times we talk about fasting and I've even referred to it in the past that, hey, I'm fasting social media today. Uh, and sometimes social media gets easier and easier to fast at times depending on what you see up there. But biblically, we're not talking about fasting social media. We're not talking about fasting some other things. You know, I've fasted sports before. Uh, I think a lot of us fast when our teams are losing. But we fast in sports. Uh, I've, I've had, you know, uh, my own kids at times fast Xbox. And all those things are good. Those are good things to fast. Those are good things to kind of put away. But those kind of run in the category of abstaining, where I'm staying away from them for a season because they're distracting me or because they're unhelpful. But when, and that's good. If the Lord leads you in that, you should do that. Anything that's unhelpful, strip aside every hindrance, every way. But when we're talking about fasting from a biblical standpoint, we're talking specifically about not eating food. No food. You know, we still drink water, but, but we abstain from food. And as we look at this, uh, fasting is, I think it's important to recognize that fasting, it was not a commandment. It's not one of the Ten Commandments, right? It wasn't one of those things where, you know, thou shalt not eat food. That's going to have some other ramifications in your life after a while. Okay, so we need to uh, recognize that fasting, it was not commanded by Jesus, but fasting was modeled and was expected as a common practice of those who follow God. That when Jesus walked on this earth, that it was just, it was a common practice. It was what you did. We see this model in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when we look at those who fasted, it reads like a who's who from, of Scripture. You know, Moses, the lawgiver, fasted. Uh, King David fasted. Elijah, the prophet. Esther, the queen. Daniel fasted. Annual, the prophetess, and so many more. All of these people regularly fasted. And in the Old Testament, Jewish people, they would often fast on the Day of, 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 of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was, uh, was this time when it was atonement and forgiveness of the sin, and so they would fast in preparation for that. Uh, we also see from King David that fasting was often a response to an event. In Psalm 35, David interceded and prayed, and he fasted for the healing of his enemies. How many of you are willing to fast that your enemies would be healed? Right? Powerful. And then we see that fasting in the Old Testament was also connected with doing justice, caring for the poor, 
and providing for the hungry. We see this in Isaiah 58. And then as we continue on to the New Testament, we see here that in preparation for his ministry, Jesus was led into the wilderness. Where he, he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And when Jesus talked about fasting to his disciples, it was often prefaced not by if you fast or you should fast, but he just said a very matter of fact, he said, when you fast, when you fast, you should do this. And he was talking about not eating food, but fasting was so common that it was assumed and expected that it was such a regular part of their lives that it was something they were doing that Jesus was just giving further explanation of what that means. Still with me? Or you're like, man, I'm hungry for lunch right now. I could, I could go for something. I think it's also before we move on to recognize that uh, fasting has two components. Fasting is both private and public. That in most cases in fasting, when we talk about it, we often talk about it as a private matter between the individual and God, something that you work out with the Lord or the Holy Spirit leads you in. And uh, it's private, even the fact that Jesus, he even warned about bragging about your fast. Don't be going around and go, man, I'm fasting today. You know, he, he said in Matthew 6, he said, when you fast, again, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, there's nothing wrong. Jesus is not saying never share. He's not saying go in seclusion. It's important for us to show and to model because the disciples, they knew that Jesus fasted privately. What he's saying is that we don't need to be bragging about it and showing about it and let it be some kind of spiritual car. We go, patang, I'm a real Christian because I'm fasting. Look how much I'm suffering for Jesus, right? Um, none of you are probably that, I'm sure. But as we walk this out, it's important for us to, 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 to model it and to see it but in this, the key in all this is in how we do it. We're, we're not projecting ourselves as better than someone to elicit sympathy or support, but just from the standpoint of, the, this is strength me. This is a regular part of my life. It's a private thing between me and the Lord. So fasting is private, but fasting is also public. We also see in Scripture that there were times when groups of people were called to a corporate fast where it was a time when they fasted together. One of them I mentioned earlier, the, the Day of Atonement is in Leviticus 23-27. It was, it was a part of the Jewish calendar when people were to be in sorrow and uh, in affliction and atonement for their sins. But there are also times when fasts were called in times of group or national emergency. In Joel 2, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. And we also see in 2 Chronicles that when Judah was invaded, King Jehoshaphat, he called the nation to fast. And one of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Jonah, where it says, in response to the preaching of Jonah, the entire city of Nineveh, including the animals, fasted. They all fasted. Isn't that interesting? So fasting is both private as well as a public thing that we do. So let's move on to the purpose. Why, why is fasting so important? Why did Jesus talk about it? Why do we see this modeled so much? Well, fasting is so important because it focuses us on God. The whole purpose of fasting is to bring focus in our lives to God. See, fasting, like prayer we talked about last week, it's not about getting what I want. I think a lot of times, one of the confusions that we see from people who, are, who don't know the Lord, they're far from the Lord, when we talk about these things, they're like, I tried it and it didn't work. Like, what do you mean it didn't work? Well, I prayed that I would get this, or I would get that, or I would be this or be that. But it totally misses the point. The Lord heals us, the Lord moves in our lives. But fasting like prayer, it's not about getting what I want, 
It's about getting who I want. Who do we want? We want God. God is the desire of our heart. God is the ones that we need. And it's about becoming who he made me to be. See, when prayer or fasting is about getting what I want, I can often get frustrated and say, it didn't work. I didn't get it. It didn't come through. I didn't get a bonus at work. I didn't, you know, I didn't get that new car. I didn't get the pair of skis I wanted. Even those ski lines or Stevens are just crazy I hear right now. See, it's all about finding God and being transformed by him. Because when we find him, he's always faithful and he always supplies every need that I have according to his riches and glory. This is why fasting is so important. I love how Dr. Alicia Sholey describes fasting. Dr. Alicia Sholey, she says, fasting is a thinning of our lives in order to thicken our communion with God. Isn't that good? Fasting is a thinning of our lives in order to, th- to thicken our communion with God. See, I think we can all agree we're all distracted. You're all on your phones right now trying to find a group that Pastor Kim told you about to do during my sermon. <laughs> which is great. Find your group, get engaged, get involved. We're going to be praying for all the group leaders at the end. But we're distracted. We have have external voices speaking to us. We have the internal voice that we talked about last week speaking to us. We have the demands of life, social media. We have constant advertising and news outlets that are fighting 24-7 to get your attention. Our culture is, it seems like, is constantly trying to force feed us all these things but God around us. That's why we need to incorporate fasting as a regular part of our lives. Do you know what fasting does? Fasting, it turns off the onslaught of this world and enables us instead to focus on God. That's why the great Richard Foster refers to fasting as feasting on God. He says fasting is feasting on God. See, a lot of times we tend to focus on what we don't have. But one of the things that I've found in that in all these disciplines with the Lord... You know, I give him my ashes, he gives me beauty. I give him my poverty, and he makes me rich in Christ in every situation. Listen to what Dr. Richard Foster says. He says, fasting reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4.4. Food does not sustain us. God sustains us. In Christ, all things hold together. Therefore, in experiences of fasting, we're not so much abstaining from food, as we are feasting on the word of God. Fasting is feasting. When the disciples brought lunch to Jesus, assuming that he would be starving, he declared, I have food to eat of which you don't even know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. See, fasting was so important that when the disciples, when they, when they encountered difficulty, when they were unable to do some of the things that, that Jesus had called them to do, told them to do, the answer that often came back from Jesus was, for this type of work, you need to be fasting and praying more. You need to be fasting and praying more. Now, why would Jesus say that? I think a lot of times we approach Jesus and we, we just want a boom moment, right? Jesus, I want this. Boom, there you go. Jesus, I want this. Boom, there you go. We, we, we just want a God that kind of snaps his fingers and just gives it, but we forget that his work is to transform us. His work is to change the world through you. But to do that, you need to be transformed. I need to be transformed. I need more of God in my life, and this is what fasting does. It brings more of God in my life. Everything else, he, he provides. Anything I need, he will provide. Opportunity, provision, whatever it is, he will always, always, always provide. My problem is I'm being distracted. 
So let's look at what fasting does in our life. Let's look at why we saw this as a practice in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and why we need to revive this in our lives today. Well, first of all, when we look at fasting, we recognize that fasting, it reveals. Fasting reveals. For, for true change to take place, we need to first see clearly. If we want to have change in our life, the first thing that we need to do, we need to have the blinders lifted from our eyes so we can clearly see. I think one of my favorite prayers in the Bible is the prayer of David in Psalm 19 when he said, reveal to me my unknown sin. Reveal to me the, the sin, the ways that I'm not aligned with God that I don't even see. Jesus said, it's the truth that sets you free. He said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Who wants to be free today? Who wants to be set free from these things? It's about seeing the truth and embracing the truth. See, it's often the things that are unknown or ignored by us that are hurting or destroying our lives. And unfortunately, we often try to uh, either ignore that or we try to cover, cover up what is inside of us. Our culture, our life, our world, our refrigerator can give us a lot of things to cover up the pain, can it? <laughs> right? We often go to, well, people medicate and they cover up with drugs and sex and all those things, but I found the biggest thing that I use in my life is my refrigerator and entertainment. Anybody with me? Am I alone? You going to let me stand on that ice alone here today? Right? Anything that distracts you from God needs to be removed. Even the good things in our life. Even the good things. Because the sad thing in all of this is that Without it, we will miss God. And, you know, as I was going this through, I began looking at so, some of the medical, some of the physical parallels to, to spiritual fasting, you know. I've often found that the physical and the spiritual, there, there's a parallel, there's a connection there that we see in Scripture. And even for medically, how many of you have gone in for blood work? You've ever had to go in and have a needle poked in your arm? You all need to be more connected to your doctor, Okay. Very important to do. But what's one thing that the doctor will often say, or the office will say before you come in for blood work? They'll have you fast for 24 hours. That means when you get up in the morning, you can't have any coffee before you go in. Or they'll make you reschedule. Now, why is this? You know, as I went in, I began to read this. Well, the reason why they do this is because nutrients in food and drinks get into the blood, and they can hide or skew the results. Now, listen to that. The nutrients, the good things that you're eating, the things that you're supposed to eating, the things that you need to have to sustain life, that when you want to really see what's going on for a short season to get accurate results, you need to even remove that from your life. Now think about that. To go in and to really see what's going on, you need to fast so that you can see. And the same is true for us spiritually. We're very good at hiding, covering things up. But fasting aims to remove everything that would get in the way so that we can really see what is going on in our lives. See, God knows already, but healing takes place when we see it and when it's revealed to us. And we go, that's why the first question that God asked Adam was, Adam, where are you? God knew where he was, but he looked at Adam and said, Adam, do you know where you are? You need to speak this out. One of the things about fasting is that fasting will often reveal the things that we're relying on. You know, pain is a great teacher. I wish it wasn't. <laughs> I wish we never had to experience pain, but we see through a scripture where, where, where James even says, consider it all joy when you go through, through all these trials. Because with the Lord, we're strengthened, we're, things are revealed, and we see this. See, sometimes we think that we're relying on Jesus when in reality, we're trusting in so many other things. 
Let's go back to during Jesus' 40-day fast, right? Jesus began his ministry with a 40-day fast, and during this time, the devil tempted him to break his fast by turning the stones into bread. And he even spiritualized it. So he went there after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. He went to him and said, show everybody that you're the son of God. Turn these rocks into bread. Now, if I'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, I'd be like, Sounds like a great idea to me. I'd turn it into bread. I'd probably turn it into sourdough bread because I love sourdough bread and I'd, I'd go on with it right from there. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, no. He said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because what was he doing? He was saying, you know what? If I need bread, God will provide it. But there's a strengthening work going on. See, fasting, it reveals to us But fasting, it also heals our lives. And that's why we need to engage with it. See, fasting heals because fasting, it positions us for the healing work of God in our lives. When we're fasting, we are being positioned. We're saying, God, you are my provider in all things. I'm going to position myself here at your feet that everything that I need, you will provide. It's through fasting that we allow our lives to slow down, to slow down and to no longer be fed by the things of this world that will destroy us. See, as we do this, the Lord, he reveals things to us, and he reveals things that often need to be taken care of. I think it's one of the things that we often mistake at times. You know, we, we, we talked about how last week in prayer, about how prayer oftentimes we see it as this, as this solitude, this way to get away, this is very quiet, and we, play the worship, we, we, we put on the worship music, and we're just, we're just kind of soaking it in, and it's this time of rejuvenation, which there's times that it does that. But I don't know about you, but there's times in my prayer life when I've brought things before the Lord, and I've got brutally honest that prayer has been brutal. Anybody experiencing brutal prayer times, or they've experienced it, where you're just, you're bearing your soul, you're laying it all up before the Lord. And the same thing often happens here in my life in fasting, where the Lord comes in and he says, all right, we're going to do some transformative work. And if you've ever seen somebody who works with metal, it looks brutal in the beginning. And what they're working on in the beginning looks like it's useless, like it's malformed, like it's something you would just throw away or recycle. But that transformative work where it's in the fire and it's beaten to position, it's in the fire and it's hit, it's in the fire and it's hit, in the end, you have a mighty weapon to be used by the Lord. You have a tool that the Lord will use. And so many of these things, this this revealing, this healing, it only happens through fasting. That's what Jesus was talking about. He's like, This is only through prayer and fasting because you need more of God in your life. You need more of that power in your life. You need to strip aside everything else in your life. All these things, they need to be stripped aside. See, fasting reveals things to us. It positions us for healing. And then as I just talked about, it strengthens us. Fasting is meant to strengthen our lives. It's meant to bring strength into our lives. See, through fasting, we strip aside every dependency. We strip aside the things of this world And we do what Richard Foster talked about, where we feast on God. And you are what you eat. Right? You are what you eat. I'm going through a big thing right now where I've been, I started a new healthy eating thing this this past week. (laughs) It's pretty brutal. But the Lord has helped me regain my physical health through this. Because I am what I eat. You eat enough donuts and guess what you're going to look like? And with the donut right around here, right? Like, so I'm pulling away from all that so that I can feast on the Lord. See, our flesh needs to be regularly reminded, you are not in charge. The flesh is out to rule you. The flesh is out to run you. The flesh is out to be in charge. But the ultimate end of flesh is what? 
death. The flesh dies. When the flesh is in charge, that's where we're headed. Fasting reminds the flesh, you are not in charge. See, the flesh continually cries out to be fed and to lead us to believe that this is the way to happiness. But this is one of the greatest lies of the world. Feed the flesh. Give it what it needs right now. Then you'll be happy. But we know that's not true. See, fasting, it removes the flesh from its position of authority and it replaces it with God. Fasting helps to align our body with God by forcing it to submit and is fed by God. See, fasting was one of the things that strengthened Jesus. Fully God, fully man. But strengthening fast in Jesus. I think a lot of times when we read that account about how the devil approached Jesus after 40 days and 40 nights, that we think, well, the devil's getting him at a weak moment, at a weak moment. Because after all, if I went without food for 40 days, I've never done that. I think I'd be pretty hangry at that point. You're going, yep. (laughs) We've seen you skip one meal and you're pretty hangry. And I would say even like I'm on this diet right now, I can't wait for mealtime to come. I'm just like, man... All right, I'm, I'm cooking, I'm cooking. I'm, I just, I can't wait to eat. I've recognized that I've never really been hungry before. <laughs> you ever done that? You start eating or, or fasting, and sometimes, you, you, you know, like growing up as a kid, I'd tell mom I'm starving, and she'd say, she'd say Dwayne, you're, you're a good week away from starving. I love the honesty of moms. But when you look at Jesus in this response, a moment that I, we would think he would be at a weakened condition. When we look at his responses, when we look at the clarity, when we look at the power that he executed against the devil, you quickly see that even though his body was hungry, that he was spiritually strong. At each attack of the enemy, Jesus very quickly, he quoted scripture. He, he pushed back the attacks of the enemy, even though he'd fast for 40 days, though his body may have been weak, though he may have been hungry, I'm sure he was. Fully man, fully God. His spirit was strengthened in the middle of that to overcome the enemy. This is why Jesus regularly spoke about this and he practiced and taught his disciples about fasting. Why are you struggling? You need to pray and fast more. Not because you need to get in these rote things or just say the right words or the right spells. He's not talking about being the spellcaster. That's demonic. He's talking about when you fast, when you pray, when you lay it before the Lord, everything gets stripped away. And I know if you're like me, there are things in my flesh that need to die. There are things in my flesh that need to die. There are voices in my head that need to go away. Fasting and prayer, Jesus showed us, is the pathway to do this. So before we wrap this up, let's talk about it. So let's get really practical. How do we fast? How do we go about this? Well, first of all, you need to consult your doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one. When I recorded the message for Facebook and YouTube, I said, I don't even pretend to be one on Facebook and YouTube. I'm not a doctor. You need to talk to a doctor. There are people that have diabetes and have certain conditions. that You need to make sure that you're talking to your doctor about that. And what a great opportunity to, to share Jesus. Why are you fasting? Well, here's what I'm trying to do. Just be open with your doctor. Especially if fasting is new to you. Make sure that you're walking it through. Talk to them. And I think one of my encouragements to you would, would be to start slow. Start with, start with a meal. Start with fasting one meal. Can I fast one meal? And take that time just to, just to spend with the Lord where you're just shutting everything down. There are fasts that go from sunup to sundown. So before the sun comes up, you can get in the kitchen, get your coffee and your toast. <laughs> like I've done. And then you pray for sundown. No, then you go through. 
You can fast one day. You can consider making it fasting a weekly or a monthly habit. When we looked at the, the way of Jewish people, this was a common practice. They would regularly practice every Wednesday. They would fast every Wednesday and every Friday. You may want to consider, pick a day, choose a day, and say, I'm going to fast this day, whatever that means. You may want to consider an extended three-day fast. I've done those before. I, was, I served a, uh, a pastor before, a wonderful pastor, and the beginning of the year in January, he took all the pastoral staff on a three-day fast, took us off-site, took us to, uh, to, he, he took us to a bed and breakfast, which I thought was, cool, was cruel because we didn't get any breakfast. And he instructed, yeah, I know, right, suffering for the Lord. So um, I will say um, that, or should I say, I don't know if I should say it. Okay, never mind. I was, I, I, well, I was going to tell you that it, the youth pastors always snuck in Snicker bars, Snicker bars. But you, you wouldn't do that, Tiffany, Pastor Tiffany, would you? They were my best friends. You may want to consider doing something like that. I would encourage you, though, that when you fast, tune everything out. Jesus went into the wilderness. He was secluded. He was away from everything. Take advantage of the time to be alone. Turn off electronics. And that's a tough one, right? Like, my Kindle's on here. A lot of my study is on here, right? I love this tool the Lord's given me. But there's often times when I do that, I just take paper and a pen, and I take a paper Bible, and I just lay it out because... I don't need any distraction. It's a time to get away. Meditate on God's word. One of the things that I do is I'll often journal. I'll just write out. I don't write for anyone to read it. If you read it, it probably wouldn't make sense to you. It's in my handwriting, so I know it's not legible. You want something secret to be written? Have me write it. Nobody will know what it says. Practice times of silent listening, because again, this is not about getting what you want. It's getting who you want. One of the biggest things that we need in our life is we need to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to hear the voice of the Lord. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. The Lord's implanted faith in us. We have faith. We need to hear so that we can walk. But we need to hear. You know, one of the common definitions of the word insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results. You've heard that before, haven't you? What are some things you need to do different this year as it relates to your walk with the Lord? As you head into this year, none of us thought we'd be wearing masks right now. I certainly didn't. What do you need to do different this year? What needs to be shaken up in your life? See, healing often requires a disruption in our life, and fasting is one of the ways to help provide that. Lord, as we head into this year, I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you. And Lord, I don't want to just hear your voice shouting through the noise. Lord, I want to hear your voice and recognize and say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. I need you. Show me how to walk. Show me how to speak. Show me how to trust. When I hear your voice, I have confidence. When I hear your voice, I know that I'm not alone. When I hear your voice, Lord, you speak healing and restoration. When I hear your voice, you guide me and you give me boldness to share the faith for you. So Lord, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If that's your prayer, I encourage you to speak that out loud. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Just speak the name of Jesus. We sang it earlier. 
Speak the name of Jesus. Lord, speak to us. Ways that you want to empower us for that next step as we abide in you. Identify in your life, what are the areas in your life that need healing or strengthening today? We all need healing. We all need strengthening, but get very specific. What are the areas in your life that need healing? I'm not talking about other people. That's important. We pray for people. We pray for people this morning. We're going to pray for them again tonight, but you, where you're sitting right now, where do you need healing and strengthening in your life? Speak that to Jesus. Lord, heal me in this area. Lord, strengthen me in this area. Lord, empower me in this area. Reveal to me, O oh Lord, my unknown sin. Reveal to me, Lord, just unknown areas of brokenness that I've just stuffed to the side because it's too hard to deal with. Where do I need healing? Where do I need strengthening? As we follow in the way of the Lord, what, what steps is the Holy Spirit leading me in as it relates to fasting? Say, Lord, how do I need to walk this out? What does that look like? We pray for healing, Lord. You are the way maker. You make a way where there is no way. We speak the name of Jesus, Lord, in all these areas, Lord. Whatever the need may be for healing, we speak the name of Jesus. You are the Jehovah Jireh. You are the great physician. You are the almighty God who made us and formed us and fashioned us. And as we head into this year, Lord, we're asking for healing. God, may you speak healing, whatever it may be. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Give us discernment. And may we just speak it out. We speak healing over depression. We speak healing over anxiety. We speak, we speak healing over fear, oh God. We speak healing over heart conditions today that are here where there are people that they need a new physical heart. God, may you touch them. May you heal them. May you restore them in Jesus' name. Lord, there are people that need healing on their finances. It's been a rough two years. Lord, I pray that they would see your provision coming this week, oh God. Lord, I pray for strengthening, Lord, where we need boldness, where we need courage. God, may we hear your voice, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, speak healing, oh God. Jesus, we speak your name, healing, life, power. In every area of our life, Lord, show us the areas that need to be shaken up. Those areas, those steps that you may be calling us to. God, you may be calling us today to take a step for ourselves, for the healing that we need. Or Lord, you may be calling us to take a step for the healing that someone else needs. Would you just pray that to the Lord? God, how are you calling me to take a step for someone else's healing today? Maybe I'm that source of provision. Financially, friendship, whatever it may be, someone to pray with. Speak to us, Lord that we would take these steps, knit us together, we pray in your name. In your name, Jesus. In your name. Amen. Amen. Before we wrap this up today, you know, it's, it's so important that we do not walk alone. All these things we're talking about, do you know where a great place is to flesh those out? In, in a group. Just getting, A group is just a couple of people getting together saying, what's Jesus speaking to you? What are you going to do about it? You can do that over scripture. You can do that over so many things. We have addiction recovery groups that are in, Bible study groups, all of those things that we need to go in. You, we need to be engaged. We need to be involved. 
All of this is on the Church Center app. There's a section that just says groups. You can go in and find a group. All the information is there. Contact. You can contact these leaders. You can find more about it, location, everything that's going on. It's also on our website. Uh, so many ways to engage for that. But again, it's one under- underlying Pastor Kim was talking about that. If, if you want to start a group, just get in connection with her. There are micro groups, just two or three people. For sharpening to happen, you have to be in life with somebody. And I will say that, that some of the closest people that are in this church are those that they've committed to community. There's sometimes sparks fly. How many of you have experienced flying sparks? But when Jesus is in the middle of it, there's a sharpening. There is a refining that goes on. You need to find a group. We, need, we grow together. And we grow so that we can go. Amen. But you have to grow. You have to be doing in that. And so, can we, and, and again, I, I know I've asked you to do this a lot, but hey, new year, new you, stronger arms, okay? Let's extend our hands towards these. <laughs> and I'm going to ask Pastor Kim to come down center. I'm, I, you th- I'm so thankful for Pastor Kim and all that she does is to pour in here. So will you just join me in praying? Father, I thank you, Lord, for these men and women that you have equipped for the purpose of ministry, for equipping others. God, Lord, I pray that you would be with them because we know Lord, the enemy is out to silence them. The enemy is out to say that, to lie to them and tell them what they're doing is not making a difference. But we know that there is great things happening as we show up and as we talk about the Lord and we say, what is God speaking? And now, how are we going to go forward in Jesus' name? But we need each other. We need our armor bearers. We need those that we can grow with. We need places with a few people where we can ask tough questions, where we can share and unload our heart and find a place where we are loved, accepted, forgiven by Jesus, a place to belong. Long. Lord, we thank you for that. So, Lord, use these leaders. I thank you for them. May they feel empowered by the Holy Spirit. Lord, may they be filled with all wisdom that comes from you and use them. I pray that for us as a community, God, that we would engage. And not only that, we would invite people who are not even here. Lord, people that are not even a part of us, people who don't even know you, God, that they would join and they would find these groups and they would find you in the middle of it. So, Lord, bless them and use them, we pray. And everyone said together, amen. It's our benediction to say this together. You probably know from memory. Say this together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.